Welcome to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance with Monique Malcolm, a podcast about brilliant people leveraging their passions to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the course of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast, or come hang out with me on Instagram at starchasersonly. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, Star Chasers. This episode of Pimp Your Brilliance is brought to you by the Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a goal-setting guide, mini vision board, and day planner. It provides a simple structure to help you break your goals into actionable steps that you can integrate into your daily life. For more information and to order your own copy of the Visionary Journal, visit keepchasingthestars.com backslash visionary journal. Welcome to the show, Tamara, and um, I'm so excited to talk to you today on the podcast because I know you have so much insight and things to share. Let's get started properly. Could you give us a bit of your background? Um, let us know who you are, what you do. Okay, well, my name is Tamara Floyd. I am a six-figure award-winning natural hair blogger. My blog is naturalhairrules.com. I got started in 2008, so almost 10 years now. It just started off as a personal online hair journal for myself, and it has grown to like over 700,000 um, social media followers, readers, and subscribers online to date. And that is me in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I mean, short, straight to the point. Um, so let's, let's talk about what you do as a natural hair blogger, because I know there's so many people who want to start blogs. They're interested in the ideas, um, of blogging, but I feel like there's, there are certain things that, you know, they don't know that you don't know as a beginning blogger. So what exactly do you do as a natural hair blogger? So um, I'm definitely um, a content creator. I think that's the the first thing when it comes to blogging is creating great content. Content is king and consistency is queen. So I'm getting that great content out there on a consistent basis. Um, And I think the main the main question people have when it comes to monetizing their blog is how do you do that? And one of the things that I say is there's really no um, there's really no one way to monetize your blog online. Um, People I mean, we all follow like different bloggers and everybody's doing different things and everybody's making their money different ways. Um, I know for me, most of my consistent monthly income comes from ads, um, ad revenue, um, affiliate networks. Um, as well as selling my own um, digital and physical products. So I had some questions about how you make money as a blogger later on, but you just dive right in there. So, <laughs> uh, let's you know keep that ball rolling. So when you say ads, what do you mean by that? Because there's so many different ways that you can make uh, money through advertising online. But mm-hmm. I know you and I have talked about this before and you actually are the only blogger that I know that consistently makes money um, through ads the way that you do. So I, I would love if you would talk about that a bit. Um, so the, just ad placements. So I'm signed up for various ad networks. Um, uh, Google AdSense being, I guess, the most common 
one uh, the mo- the one that people are most familiar with, uh, and just placing that ad, those ads on my site. Um, the and the thing about ads is is very very traffic um, driven. But the main thing is just making sure that you have the consistent traffic coming to your blog on a regular basis. I've been fortunate enough to have like at least half a million page views monthly on my site, which is how I'm able to to live off of ad revenue with my site. Um, but I understand that that's not that's not common for a lot of people. Um, and um, I was going to kind of go into like. I guess um, SEO and stuff like that, but I don't want to continue to skip <laughs> your, <laughs> your question. <laughs> oh no! Like I said, it's, this is conversation, so we can kind of just roll with it. Um, we can talk about SEO now. We can talk about it later. Is your call? Yeah. So SEO, search engine optimization, and again, that goes back to um, having that really good content and writing content that your readers want to read, as well as content that people are actually searching for um, through, uh, for example, Google. So um, like my site, um, I think on a daily basis, I get maybe about six thousand page views just from organic search engine traffic and that's just people going to google and looking for different topics that bring them directly to my to my website cool so i recently talked with somebody about seo and they they wanted to know some of the key things or basic seo so if you had to give like two to three tips on how people could rank better with their blogs what would they be The first step would just be clear on specifically what um, keyword that you want to or keyword term that you want to rank from for. Um, And this does, you know, um, this is where you basically are really focused in, um, you know, what your your niche is. For me, for my side is natural hair. I knew that I wanted to rank for natural hair. So for example, you know, the title of my blog is natural hair rules. Um, so being clear on what your focus keyword for your site is, is the most important thing. And then two, once you know what that keyword is, making sure that that keyword is in your site. So, um, for example, I talked about my title, um, but also using that keyword in content, but not in a, I guess, kind of like overly um, kind of like spammy type way, just putting it there, even though like the content is not necessarily related, making sure that it actually relates and is actually content that people are looking for Um because at the end of the day, that's what Google is looking for. They want to make sure that they're sending people to the, the best content. So um, utilizing those keywords um, on your site, um, in your content, in a way that's not really spammy. And um, also utilizing keywords like, um, for example, on your images. So maybe the title of your images as well as the, um, the alt tags of your images using those keywords 
um, is very important. And creating and submitting your sitemap to the search engines. So uh, nowadays, it's a lot easier. It's like back in the day when I started, you had to like manually create a sitemap and then you had to go submit it um, to Google. But now I think you have like, you, for WordPress, um, you have like your your uh, plugins like SEO by Yoast where they do it for you now. So they'll create a sitemap and you just have to use like the Google webmaster tools to submit your sitemap to Google. So three. <laughs> so there you, <laughs> there you have it. This is from somebody who's getting, you said half million page views a month. Mm -hmm. um, so making sure that you're using your keywords and your titles using it naturally throughout your content, using your keywords and your the way you name your images and making sure that your sitemap is submitted to Google. So some of these things seem super technical, but um, they're necessary if you want to drive, drive the traffic to your site. Come on, I want to, we kind of went to some technical things, but I, I want to take a step back because one of the big things about this show is I really want to spotlight what's possible, like really shine a light on people who are using their passions, their quirks, their hobbies, things that we wouldn't necessarily think was a, a career opportunity or a money-making opportunity. Um, they're really showing their talent and making you know, money, good money, money that they can use to sustain their family and redefining their success. So I want to talk about your background a bit. So not necessarily in blogging, because uh, I, I really want people to know, like, you didn't just start here at the half a million page views. Like, there was a process before then. So what did you do before you actually started or made the transition to doing your natural hair blog full time? Um, You know what? It, it was like a real big mind set shift because for a long time, um, I didn't I didn't know anyone like locally or in my immediate circle that was um, monetizing their site or blogging full time. Um, so I had just made it up in my mind that that wasn't for me, that I wasn't, wasn't going to be able to make money. And matter of fact, when people talk about making money online or blogging, I was like, Oh no, they lying. <laughs> like, I like I didn't even, I didn't even think it was real. I didn't think it was true. And so I, I got to a point where I just had to figure out, like, I have to make this work for me. And it was, it was really because, um, I have been working like I'm because of course this isn't my first business like most entrepreneurs I have you know multiple businesses and I was doing marketing and PR um, in the city of Houston and doing fairly well I was making consistent money with it um, but at the time I I had my oldest son and I just didn't feel like I had it in me to just pay or pound the pavement and just go get the clients like I was doing, like I was doing before I had my child. Um, it was just a lot of stuff going on, like basically just the, <clears throat> excuse me, 
<laughs> the mommy guilt of not wanting to leave my child <laughs> to be able to, um, you know, secure the, the client and do the networking. And in some cases, make sure that they, you know, pay you and get your money. <laughs> <laughs> These are real struggles. People don't know. Right. <laughs> so, um, I, I was just like, okay, I have, I have to figure out something. I have to figure out how to make this work. And my husband got, he got laid off from his job. So it, the not really necessarily having the job security from your, um, full-time job where, you know, a lot of times, especially like our parents and stuff like that, they tell us, Oh no, just go get a job. You know that you get paid every two weeks, but that's not necessarily the case when your job just decides all of a sudden to, to lay you off. Yes. And that's happening more and more frequently, you know, after the recession and where we are now. I mean, it's been years since that happened, but it took us a long time to rebound and things are just never going to be the way that they are. Uh, This is something that I discuss all the time with my dad. Like it used to be that companies hired you to retire you, but Mm -hmm. that is no longer the case. There, there's not a lot of job security. So if you can create a side hustle or a side income stream from something that you actually genuinely like, I don't see what the problem is with that. Um, What I think, though, is that a lot of people just don't realize it's possible or they feel like it's possible for someone else. And, you know, that that has to do with mindset and all types of issues. But that Mm -hmm. brings me to, you know, a question that that I hear from people all the time, like, how do you stay consistent? You've been blogging for years successfully. How at this point are you making sure that you stay consistent, that you're creating, you know, enough content and staying with the trends and, and still trying to innovate at the same time? I, here's the thing about the consistency piece. Like I think people, when they think consistent in their mind, they're thinking, okay, I'm sitting down writing new content like every day or every week and stuff like that. And that's not necessarily the case for me. Like I realized, so after, after that situation with, um, one of my last clients and my husband being laid off and stuff like that, I realized, especially having like a two year old that I need to figure out how to work smarter and not harder because I can be at my computer like the, you know, eight to 10 to 12 hours that I was before I had kids because toddlers, right? Like I had to go mother. <laughs> they don't care about your supervise. lives at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, and so like I, I, um, I realized that at the time I had looked up, I'm like, you know what? I have been blogging for, I think at this point it was like maybe three to four years. I'm like, I have all of this good content. Um, why don't I just sit and just schedule out like on my social media channels, um, just repurpose that content or reshare that content. And at the time I didn't realize this, this was actually a thing, but the, the 80, 20 rule where you're basically, you're spending, um, 20% of your time, um, writing new content and 80% of your time actually, uh, sharing and repurposing and recirculating the content that you've already created. 
So um, that's what I did. I started, you know, at the time I was using Hootsuite, looking at some of my most popular pieces, because what you'll realize is just because somebody saw your content um, maybe two years ago doesn't mean that everybody else saw that content from two years ago. So you you can reshare that content and you as a person have grown, you know, within that time frame. So maybe you have a little bit more that you can add to that content. So you can, um, you can refine that content, add a new picture to that content. Um, and you have a little bit more knowledge. So you know how to, you know, your copywriting skills, as far as like, actually getting people to the content, getting them to take the call of action to actually share the content as well as to actually click on the content and visit your website that has improved. So you can utilize all of those skills. So I took, I basically, I said, um, at this time it was probably like December. Um, and I was like, you know what is holiday time. I'm burnt down. I need to take a holiday. So I called it like my blogger holiday. So for that whole month of December, I actually was not writing new content. I was just focusing on sharing the content that I already had. And I had like this breakthrough where I had saw, I saw more traffic, um, as well as more, um, income within that one month then I had my whole entire year of blogging for that year. So from there, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm on to something. So the consistency piece isn't necessarily about writing new content over and over again, but it's really about recirculating the content that you have. And I, I agree 100%. I think that, like you said, so many people when they're starting out, they're churning out tons and tons of content and you may need to do that for a bit in the beginning, but you don't actually need as much content as you have made yourself believe. Like you can get by with a handful of pieces because you're not just writing that post and then posting it on Facebook once or on Twitter once or, you know, sharing an image related to that on Instagram once or pinning it one time on Pinterest. If you're doing that, then nobody's ever going to see your content. That's not nearly enough promotion. You have to continuously circulate that, that information. And something else that I found is not every piece of content that you write gets the same reaction from people. I have Mm -hmm. several pieces that just bring in great traffic all the time. And then there's other pieces that I think, you know, this was a phenomenal piece of content that I wrote that may only get a few hits. And then, you know, every so often there's spikes. So something random will come through and I'm like, oh, somebody, you know, large numbers of people are going to that one piece of content. So it's just Mm -hmm. making sure that you get systems and things into place so that your content can stay in front of your audience, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, I heard you mention Hootsuite. What other types of systems and things do you use to help you um, recirculate or automate your content? Um, So now, especially with Facebook having like their pay to play, um, where you have to basically boost your posts or advertise 
advertise for more people to see your content. I do do uh, Facebook ads, but I'm really clear on what exactly why I'm advertising, like my specific call to action and stuff like that, and how that's actually going to increase my bottom line um, with my business. So Facebook ads, I do use a co-schedule. Um, and one thing that I realized in circulating my content is just because just because someone follows me on Facebook doesn't mean necessarily mean that they're on my email list or just because they follow me on Facebook doesn't necessarily mean that they follow me on Twitter or Instagram and stuff like that. So thinking about the fact that, um, every, every, um, specific channel that you have to share your content, you're, um, introducing, our new eyes are seeing that content. So um, I'm very intentional on making sure or keeping at least like a mental tap of where I've shared that content and where I haven't. So that like if I share it on Facebook today, I'm like, okay, well, let me make sure that I'm posting this um, a few times a day on Twitter or um I'm putting together like a quick image or something like that for um, Instagram to drive traffic to my website from from Instagram. But um, I think co-schedule, Facebook ads. Um, right now, my email list is a big thing for getting traffic to the site. Um, that's another thing that I, I realized. I thought that I had to do like a, um, a brand new or write consistent content for my email list, something separate from the content that I I wrote for the site, and that's not necessarily so. I have like pieces that I wrote like two or three years ago that are brand new to people that are just now joining my email list. So I can send them that content and they're getting the value from that content and um, I'm still getting the traffic to the website. And I use MailChimp for that. And MailChimp is free for the first 2,000 subscribers. So I know budget is really important to people starting out. So you can totally do email at literally zero cost um, if you have a small list starting out. So I'll make sure I add those links to the different systems that she just named in the show notes. So that way you guys can check those things out. So you know, at this point, you've been doing the blogging thing for years. You're award-winning. You've kind of mastered your content. You, you're monetizing things. If you had to distill the lessons you learned over the past couple of years into like one to two keys to success, what do you think those are? Like, what are those lessons for you? The first lesson is just do it. <laughs> I think a, a lot of times we get stuck in this um, analysis paralysis, and you actually introduced me to that that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> um, people get stuck there, and they just don't do anything, so they never know what they're fully capable of. And I think the the second thing is. Um, just giving yourself some grace. I mean, because nobody gets out there and knows how to do everything. Um, there are only certain lessons that you can learn from trying. <laughs> so <laughs> once you once you just do it, <laughs> making sure that 
you're okay with with failing, that's where your best lessons um, come from, failing and not necessarily um, winning. Yes, and I there's a quote. I can't remember what the entire quote was, but I, I know the important part of the quote is fail better. And I feel like the word failure, people automatically associate like a negative definition to it. It's it's negative to fail, but that's not always the case. Like you just said, your best lessons come from failing. Because if you if you're successful at everything you do, how are you actually growing? Mm-hmm. That's so true. You're you're not. So by failing, you know, you give your ch- yourself a chance to reevaluate. Like why didn't this work and what can I do better next time? So I think that those are excellent points when somebody's starting out, um, making sure that they just do it and, you know, to the point where sometimes you fail and and learning to be okay with that. So Mm -hmm. we're kind of getting to the end of our time here, but I want to wrap this up with the Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge. So what are three things that someone who's interested in blogging can do right now to help them get started on the right path? Uh, I think just start writing. <laughs> I think that's the main thing. That's, that is where people um, get hung up on. What should I write? How often should I write? And, you know, what are people going to like and stuff like that? Um, and I I know that for me, I don't even feel like um, until very recently am I really clear on my voice and um, really, really gaining like a good, um, ROI, um, return on my investment when it comes to my writing. Cause for a long time I put a lot of good content out there, but not really reaping the benefits because I think, like I said, I think I was like, I think I was blogging for almost four years before I even like really monetized my site to the point where, um, I was getting basically like full, full-time income. <laughs> so, you know, so just, you know, just to say that it, it takes time. <laughs> it yes. does, it does, it does take time. So just write. <laughs> um, and that goes for even people who maybe want to write a book or something like that. Like you can get caught up in a research phase, but you can't put a book out unless you have like a manuscript. So exactly. And <laughs> like write, write the book. <laughs> and that's, that's such a good point. You just, you just have to start writing because you don't know what's going to happen and things are going to change. So I definitely agree with that. So that's an excellent tip. Yeah. And I think the second one would be um, once you write, don't be afraid to share. Um, There's a there's definitely um, courage that comes in sharing your art and your content. And um, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the the typos because you are human. It's going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> the grammar Nazis in the comments right. don't let them scare you off. <laughs> don't let them scare you off. Um, there's a there's a lot of um, now they have like apps like Grammarly and stuff like that that can can kind of help out with that. Although I feel like Grammarly is a little bit expensive. Um, but they have Grammarly and you can get to the point where when your words start making you money, you can um, you can invest in um, an editor or a copywriter to help you with with your with your content. 
So I think that was like two and three. All right. So make sure you just start writing. Don't be afraid to share. What was the third one? And don't be afraid of the typos, I guess. And don't be afraid of the typos because it happens. Failures, um, yeah. <laughs> and it happens to everybody. I mean, even sometimes I read like the New York Times and some of these big sites that you know have huge budgets and editors, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, that's that's not the right context for that word. But <laughs> you know, it, it is just what it is. I mean, we're all humans, so sometimes these things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. If listeners want to get in contact with you, where can they find you online? They can find me at naturalhairrules.com and sign up for my um, my email newsletter there. All right. And what about social media? Social media, Natural Hair Rules um, on Facebook and Natural Hair Rule without the S on Twitter Instagram, and Snapchat. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Learn more about this show and get access to show notes by visiting keepchasingastars.com. While you're there, make sure you subscribe for updates. I'll be back next week. And in the meantime, go out there and pimp your brilliance.